Yeah. Listen. We gon' do it like this. Yusuf Chadeli, tune in now for all your money. Go out and get it, cause nothing is free. Running in oil and gas company. Houston, Texas, I love my city. Young, successful, and wealthy. Whoa, hustling, grinding, repeat. Entrepreneur, that's who I be. Let's go. Taking care of business. Focused on my. What's up, guys? Uh, Yusuf Chadri back with another episode of Oil Money. It's yep. been a minute. I took a little bit of a sabbatical. I actually, what happened was, I have to truthfully say, is that I actually listened to uh, Chuck Yates's podcast, uh, Nimble Fatty, um, and I felt so dejected, understanding that uh, he's such a superior podcaster to me. And then, uh, <laughs> does he think that? No, absolutely not. He he uh, he understands that uh, I'm actually uh, the much better podcaster, and right. that's when I actually had my own realization, Justin. I was like, you know that's what? what- I was like, I'm so much better than Chuck Yates. Uh, I'm I'm better looking. Yeah, uh, I'm younger. smarter, funnier, younger. Um, you know, all jokes aside, the full package. Yeah, no, I, all jokes aside, I love Chuck. It's been a minute. Um, I've uh, you know finally kind of back in the saddle. I have a uh, actually the first person I ever did a podcast with, Justin Gautier. Or, That's it. Yeah, Gautier. Gautier. Right? Yeah, Gautier. Gautier. Gautier, if most people just say Gauthier, but that's definitely not how you say it. But yeah, Gautier, yeah, we did it at the the uh, old school Canon, dude. I remember that. I, it was my first podcast. Yeah, I was. You uh, crushed it though. I was kind of nervous, surprisingly. Yeah, I know it's hard to believe, but I get nervous sometimes. Well, you, I mean, you can talk with the best of them. So uh, there, I didn't really have to do anything. You just, you just like, you just went. And yeah, I just I, had to ask a couple of questions and it just took off. Like, yeah, sometimes good. I don't shut up. That's kind of, that's uh, true. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> my wife has told me many times, Yusuf, you just don't shut up sometimes. So it's, I, it's not the first time I've heard that. So, <laughs> um, but no, it was a great experience for me. I remember that I, I did the podcast and, uh, I got some feedback off of it, obviously from, from you and a few of the, you know, I was, it was like my first, my first foray. So I was like, I was reading the comments. I wanted to see what people said. And, uh, actually I liked it. I remember that's when, uh, me and Jake, uh, talked about it and he was like, dude, I think you would, you know, do pretty good on the podcast. And I did their podcast and that was, you know, that was a good experience as well. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of going full circle, I have my own podcast now and, uh, it's, uh, it's been fun, but I just thought it would be, it would be a fun conversation to kind of have you on here. Obviously your, yeah. your oil field, your, you know, Canadian Texan, um, well, I guess let me ask you from this perspective, real quick. Kind of, yeah. I don't want to get too political, but I actually no. Really let's want do to ask it. Let's go sideways. I this is care. yeah. This is a, a a tough question that I want to ask because yesterday Governor Abbott lifted the um uh the mask. The, ban- the, the mask on. You know, you don't have to wear the mask. Uh, Open businesses. Up. Businesses are fully. Oh, open. buddy, I'm pumped. So okay, that's what I wanted to ask. Where yeah. is the 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 if you ask the Canadians, because we have a lot of Canadian business, I have Canadian family, you know, we all talk, you yeah. know, kind of regularly. Right. And the Canadians are, they're appalled. They're just like, you, you dumb redneck Texans. You just don't get it. Wow. Uh, some of them are like, man, you guys, you know, they're just laughing in our faces. Some of them are like, hell yeah, that's what we want. Yeah. You know, we're happy businesses are open. And I'm kind of getting that mix just here in the office. I'm getting that mix kind of here in Houston. There's some people who are just like, what the hell? This is too soon. I can't believe yeah. we're doing this. And then there's the other mix that's just like, hell yeah, you can't tell me what to do. I'm excited to, <laughs> to you know, I don't need to wear this mask, this and that. So yeah. I, I want to kind of hear your thoughts and I'll give you mine as well. Yeah, yeah. So from, I guess, my perspective. So I, you know, this morning I went out, didn't wear a mask, came into your building, wasn't wearing a mask. Everyone that I've seen 
so far has been wearing masks. And again, like I, it doesn't matter to me what anyone else does. I have my firm beliefs, you know, I, I'm willing to take, you know, the, the, the risk associated with, you know, not wearing a mask at this point. Now, granted, just because governor Abbott says, or governor Abbott says, yeah, businesses can open back up. You know, you don't have to wear a mask. Like that doesn't mean like the COVID's gone. Right. But yeah, I still feel like, um, for me and, and knowing what I do, uh, day in and day out, um, staying healthy, strong immune system. Uh, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I, I make my own decisions. And at this point, like I'm, I'm comfortable not wearing a mask. Um, and if I get it and I suffer badly, well then I'm a grown man and I'll take accountability for it. But by no means, like if someone were to come up to me and say, hey, excuse me, like in this establishment, we'd like for you to wear a mask. I'm going to respect that. I'm not going to be dogmatic and be like, no, I'm planting my stake in the ground and right, right. I'm not good. You know, like I have respect for others. And if it means like, if, if I can impact you in a positive way, because your establishment wants you to wear a mask sure. or, and you're wanting your customers to wear a mask, like I'll have it in my pocket just out of respect. And that's just the type of person I am. Like, I'm not going to be a, a complete dick about it. But if yeah. someone comes up to me and like starts ripping me apart because of like not wearing a mask, then I'll, you know, then, then that side of me will come out and, and you match the energy. Exactly. So, you know, but at the end of the day, it's just, it's about understanding the risks and everything's a trade-off. If you're willing to not wear a mask and just understand that maybe there's a chance that you might get, there may be a more chance you get home. Now, you know, my wife, she's like, I sent her an article this morning, you know, it was the like Texas government website thing. And it was like, you know, governor Abbott up there and he's all like, okay, like, let's go Texas. And I sent her because her and I have opposing views on it and we don't fight about it or anything, but it's, it's a, it's a comical discussion sure. at times Our opposing views. And she's, you know, she's, she likes to say, take the safe road and, you know, she's a little bit more like whatever conservative with it. Um, and, and I sent it to her and she was just like, shook her head and she was laughing. And my five-year-old daughter was like, dad, but that's to protect you. The masks are to protect you. And I was like, okay, sweetie, like here's, here's my thought. And, you know, try to do a little education piece, but um, at the end of the day, I think to each their own, I think businesses should have the right at this point to, to implement whether they want masks, whether they don't and, 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 but don't be upset if, you know, you have either less customers, your business is impacted because of the strong stance you have against like COVID mitigation. Um, but politically, I mean, I don't know, man, like most of my family and friends in Canada are oil field um, they've, yeah, you know, yeah, they're yeah. very into capitalism. And so, you know, they're kind of similar to myself. I think a lot of times, um, the cure to all what's going on can oftentimes, uh, lead to worse impacts in the long run. And so it's like, at what point do you, you know what I mean? Like there's trade-offs. So I got a flip side to this. So I have, I completely understand what you're saying. Right. Yeah. And I agree with you to a certain point, Yeah. but then I go to the kind of the flip side of, you're a healthy young guy, Justin, you're outside, you're working. I mean, you've, you've been around, you know, harsh working conditions and all the other fun stuff. Yeah. But let's say you, um, your grandparents, your family, or somebody in your family has a compromised immune system and yeah. you choose not to wear a mask around them, which no, is. No, so I would, in that case, I would. Okay. If but for let's the sake say of just, others. Well, let's say you're just walking around, let's say outside, right? Not outside, outside doesn't. Let's say you're walking around a mall. 
Yeah. Right. And uh, it's not necessary for you to wear a mask or, you know, previously, I'm not talking about going forward. I see where you're going. And you're kind of and you see some I mean, obviously, you encounter every walk of life there. Yeah. I mean, we're, uh, you know, we're pretty I would say that, you know, we see a lot of people every day. I mean, if you think about it uh, in the oil field and everything, you meet a bunch of people. And generally, the tone in the oil field is that. I don't want to wear a mask. Uh, you're taking away my freedoms, all that other kind of fun stuff, <laughs> which is, I can see you're not that, right? You don't have that, that, you know what, I'm drawing this line in the sand and, you know, I don't see, you know, a Confederate flag, you know, tattooed on your neck, right? It's, right. I understand. It's where there, you just can't from. see it. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> it's hiding okay. behind the beard. No, no. <laughs> I've got it under my beard and that's why I grew it so that I could cover it up. Yeah. That's, I, you know what? I wouldn't, I would never in a million years, that even if you told me, Yusuf, I have a Confederate flag on my back. I don't believe you, Justin. Because you're just the nicest guy I've ever met. I just, I, I, Is there I don't not think. Nice people that wear Confederate flags on their backs? You know what? Or on their trucks and stuff? You know, I, I don't know, man. But every time they, uh, every time I pull up next to them at a stoplight and uh, they're in their trucks, I get intimidated. I'm right? like, I'm like, holy Some smokes, man. That, huh? that guy has probably got, he's probably got everything I want in life. And that's wow. kind of what happens. So uh, I'm being facetious, dude. I mean, uh, every if, you can kind of guess the guy who's got the Confederate flag on their truck. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's I, nothing wrong with it. I don't know much about it. So I'm not going to sit here and like say what I'm kind of one of those like, you know what? Everybody kind of do your thing. But my thing is, is that don't uh, like do not like, you know, discriminate against anybody. Don't have like if that's your thing, that's your thing. Cool. Yeah, I yeah. don't care. Uh, but don't you know, don't be an asshole to other people about it because you're just like hey uh white power or whatever yeah i don't care if you well, if that's what you believe there's in, assholes that are confederate flag run people and then there's assholes that aren't and i mean yeah. i, no, I can be an asshole so it's just like as long as you're not putting it. my family in harm's way i don't care fucking what flag you have whether it's a rainbow flag exactly confederate flag fucking yeah. skull and crossbones that. pirate shit i don't care whatever <laughs> That's the digital wildcatters uh, thing on Twitter is the uh, is the the pirate flag. I know. That's, yeah, they it's, are a bunch of pirates. They are a bunch. Of, I, I don't know, man. You're talking about my set now. Yeah. Hey, they're I my boys. To- <laughs> they're a bunch of butt pirates. I'm not even scared to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I think uh, I'm gonna have to tell Colin to meet you on the mats, man. I think. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's gonna- yeah, that's fine. He he probably whip my ass. I don't fucking care. <laughs> um, but um, you know what? I think I kind of have a. Um, my view is that I don't know. I think it's too soon uh, that he's kind of lifting the ban on the mask. I do agree that I mean, if you live in Houston, dude, we've been open for the past. We've been open for the past four months now, right? Dude, like it's, uh, yeah, it hasn't been closed. No. So it, I was in Oklahoma last week, and uh, for uh, anyway, I had a spud meeting, and and we went out for dinner, and dude, there was this little bar that was just packed to the nines. Like no one was wearing masks. Like. So it's kind of interesting where you go. And especially down here in the South, like, I think people are just, you know, kind of fed up with it, but I see where you're going with this and and I'll, and and not to interrupt, but it's at the end of the day, it's not just about me. Right. Like, and so what I I think what you're saying is like, you know, if I go out and I'm not wearing a mask, whatever, but what if there's someone who's out, who's got a compromised immune system? Well, then I'm putting them at risk and they may, you know, it may not be putting me at risk, but obviously I want to respect others. And if I can make the environment safer for others, then, then so I should, but I, to be honest, I was just so excited to go and not wear a mask. I think that's why I did it. I got caught up in the hype. Um, but you know, <laughs> depending on, you know, I got to think about it a little more and you know, if, again, if I'm like, so like my mother-in-law, uh, or my, um, uh, 
my wife's grandmother, like she's like 80 something. If, you know, and we like to go visit her and stuff like for sure. If I'm going to go into a, an old folks home, I'll wear a mask because, you know, out of respect and stuff like that. But, you know, if I go to the grocery store, like I'll keep my distance. I'm not going to go lick the handrails in as much as I would like to. I think it'd be fun. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely, you, you got to have some bit of empathy with this whole thing. And sure. I don't know, just do the right thing. And, but yeah, I don't know. I had, so my buddy lives downtown LA, uh, actually a guy I'm going to grad school with. And he texted me yesterday. He's like, your governor's such a badass," And I didn't know what was going on. Like, I didn't know he was doing like lifting the ban or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he called me and I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, man, he's like you guys are lifting the mask. You guys are opening up hundred percent. And I was like, holy shit. I'm like, are you even allowed to go outside yet? And so he was telling me, I guess Newton, they're like going to vote. Cause like, like California is fed up with Newton apparently this and yeah, that, but dude, like I took a selfie with, uh, I went out for dinner a couple of weeks ago and restaurant was pretty much open. I took a selfie and sent it to him. I was like, so this is what's called a restaurant. And you go there with people, you socialize, and he was just like, fuck you. Like, no, it's, it's crazy, it. man. Like the, the the kind of hate that Newsom has gotten over there. It's 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 kind of nuts. And the whole, you know, the whole <laughs> Joe Rogan thing where moves to Texas, Elon Musk moves to Texas. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's it's kind of a it's a big deal for a lot of the 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 people from uh from California to kind of come down here. And there's a lot of Texans, if you hear it now, locally, they'll just be like, you know, don't make Texas, your California. It's, right. You know, like, keep, let's stay true to who we are. And it's, it's true. But Justin, it's crazy, man. We're turning more and more into a blue state, man. Like right. it's, it's, I would tell you like, like Houston, I think is more Democrat than it is Republican. Well, now. Harris and County's always been. It's, I, you know, I say a long time. I've, so I, I don't know much about that. I'm just recently, and I think maybe it's because I feel it a little bit more now is that, you know, our offices are obviously in the gallery area. I mean, we're always, you know, Montrose, this kind of area, this is kind of the area, the, the circle that we're they're really around. And dude, everybody is very, very liberal around here. Yeah. And well, if you look, so, so this past election, I was very interested in, in kind of diving into, or I say diving in, but, but really just seeing the numbers as the valid, the votes were coming in and looking. And so like, you could go on a map, I think like, so the one I was following was wall street journal. You could go to the map and zoom in and you could see each County red or blue and every city like county and surrounding counties were blue. And so I think naturally it's just normally the way it is. And so, you know, I think um, Kamala Harris came to Harris County and she was doing her thing. And it was interesting. Cause I was like, why would you, you know, and, and not necessarily just her, but like, I find a lot of what we are seeing in society is people love preaching to the choir. Like me and you are going to sit here and like say how awesome oil and gas is and like all this and that and blah, blah, blah. And like, so like, you know, perfect example, Kamala Harris comes to Harris County. Well, yeah, she's got a big following. Everyone's like hip hop array. Like, let's do this. Um, but like, why wouldn't have she gone to like Gonzalez County or like South Texas or, you know what I mean? Like, and, and that's just she a small example. She would not be welcome there. That's well, that's why. what I'm saying. But in order to change. Like, okay. I see. You point. know what I mean? Like, I if you want to, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if Texas, like, obviously the majority of the populations live in her city, but um, that's like, you know, David Ramsden Wood, I've known for a few years now. And when he first got going on his podcast, uh, I was happened to be in Denver and I had coffee. And I was like, man, I would love to see you have someone on that has completely opposing views of yours. Like you always have these people on that, like you guys like sit in your little circle and it's like, yeah, like, you know, pro oil and gas and the economy's <laughs> fucked. And you know, like this, you know, COVID stuff's crazy. And while I respect the living shit out of David Ramsden, what he's such a, he's great at what he does. Super smart, intelligent. What I'm saying is it's, I would love to see more opposing views somehow sit down like we are right now and actually have like a nice debate sure. 
or, you know, somehow because like he had Jigger Shaw on one time and that was actually really interesting because Jigger Shaw is like very, he used to work for BP. Now he's more on the clean energy side. Um, but there's not too many people who, who can sit in the same room who have extremely opposing views. Cause I think that's where the innovation and like really the intellect comes out. And if you want to change people's minds, cause I mean, I don't know, I don't see too many people from like, you know, Los Angeles listening to David Ramsden Wood, but like, yeah, it, like no. if you want to like make change, right. you got to change people who have opposing views of yours. Yeah, right? no. So I've, I've, I have never met DRW, but uh, me and uh, I call him DRW. Like that's yeah, that's yeah. DRW. So yeah. no, so <laughs> me and him have you know we've shared a few text messages. Uh, we've had a call. I mean, we've talked about stuff, and he is a uh, he has a very it seems like a very you know I don't want to say cutthroat, but it's a very in your face full court press. Uh, oil and gas isn't going anywhere. People need to understand that, and that's you know what I don't disagree with them, and I think right. the perfect no, example is this is this freeze that we just this polar freeze that that oh. Texas just had. <sighs> I mean, people, you know, and I'm all about helping the environment, saving the environment, all while having that, uh, you know, you run that parallel with the oil and gas industry. I think people need to realize as well. I mean, you want to shut down like, you know, the and I don't want to know. I don't want to say that I know exactly where it comes from in the Biden administration. But if you look at it, shutting down the Keystone pipeline, I think immediately, what was it? The next day, 8000 people are out of a job. Um, you know, if you look at the actual, you know you know, injury rate or fatality rate off of, you know, railroad or, or, you know, just incident rate, forget about actual deaths or injuries, just incident rates on a railroad versus underground. I mean, it's so much higher. And I don't know if you saw that explosion that happened off of the, uh, off the train that was transporting oil. I mean, like you're talking about a few years ago. No, this just happened like a month ago, man. Okay, it, I think it was Northern Texas or something like that. And I don't think I did, dude. It was an explosion. Like I've never seen an Terrible. explosion that big. Yeah. And people need to realize. I mean, oil is obviously a flammable product, and you know the railroads is you're trusting the railroads versus the pipeline. It's you know I mean it's not just like yeah. a tube that's like running like water in it. I mean it's it's insulated. It's it's properly taken care of. I mean, yep. these are really, really, you know, like it's, it's high tech stuff. It's not just, you know, like, you know, people try to explain it like it's just a straw. That's not how it is. And, you know, I, I think like the, the current administration kind of where it is and kind of what it's doing, I think they're trying to make oil and gas or frankly all, you know, I would say fossil fuel energy kind of like, you know, we're the, we're the bad guy on the table, but this is a perfect example of kind of what happens when, uh, we don't have enough, you know, we don't have enough natural gas to kind of run the state when we get cold. I mean, yeah, that's kind of ridiculous if you ask me. And I think for me, that was a big moment, a big aha moment, literally uh, like two weeks before that, Justin, we had meetings here in the office where we're like, we really need to start thinking about alternative energies. We need to start thinking about turbines. We need to start thinking about solar and all this yeah. other stuff. And I was openly like, no, we don't like, we're not there yet. And they're like, well, in the next 20 years, we are going to be there. So we need to start thinking about that pivot sooner rather than later. And I kind of had it in the back of my mind, obviously. And then that the polar vortex happens. People are without energy. Uh, people are without heat, power, water. And you kind of sit there and you're just like, you know what? We're not going anywhere for a long time. I mean, I don't think I think the, the turnaround is going to happen. But I think, you know, people thinking that's going to happen in the next seven to eight years, seven to 10 years, even. I think we're looking at 20 years minimum. Yeah. Well, so there's a couple of things there, a lot to unpack and I'm certainly no guru when it comes to this stuff, but to me, like there, there's a few reasons why it happened. I think it's a lot more complex than, you know, what people, you know, the headlines read like, sure, Oh, sure, fucking sure. wind turbines froze. And that's why we lost energy. It's like, well, it's just oh, a little bullshit. more than that. That's not, yeah, that's not right. So like, if you look at the natural gas supply 
during that like four or five day span, like it was insane. Um, but just at the end of the day, we weren't ready and ERCOT was failed to prepare. Very yeah. high level. That's my thought, whatever. But it's to me, it's such a frustrating conversation with a lot of people because it's like, it's not this or that. It's not oil and gas or renewables. It's got to be and. It's fucking nuclear and coal and natural gas and biomass and whatever. Utilize the resources you have yeah. readily available. I mean, <laughs> there's a reason why our CO2 emissions have gone down over the last, I think it's like seven years. If you look at like, you know, our world and data, the EIA, anything that has like somewhat of a reputable data source, like our fucking energy efficiency has gone up. Our energy consumption has also gone up. And so it's like, we can still provide energy to the US, the world, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Technology is getting better. I've got customers that are using battery technology on their drilling rigs to reduce the diesel consumption. Fuck, that's great. Yeah. So it's just like, it's such a, it's so funny because it's people think it's is, like this or that, but it, it's got to be like, it's got to be a good mix. And we got to be able to have enough energy to back up, you know, whatever the most affordable, reliable and effective source of energy is. And for energy, and I've been saying this for a long time, companies are going to become energy companies. They're not going to be oil companies, not going to be gas. Little private companies, the mom and pops, of course, they're going to focus themselves on certain, you know, whether it's yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. But I think a lot, of, you know, as we grow as an industry, you have to at least consider all forms of energy and somehow tie yourself into all of it. Um, because that's, I mean, again, like the more economies of scale that get developed uh, on the renewable side is only going to help everything else. Um and and so I don't know. It's it's just a, it's a crazy conversation, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, I've so I've spoken to some folks that are pretty high up in the renewable space, and again, I love having conversations with them. And the people who are educated in that in this type of stuff, a hundred percent agree that like renewable, they're not going to be able to like electrify everything in the next five years. Like they they actually admire oil and gas to be able to be the shock absorber for the stuff that they can produce. Yeah. You know, and so it's, again, it's about educating, but I just, it's frustrating when you hear people talk about like, yeah, like, you know, no more fracking and this and that, and, oh, we got to get rid of oil and gas. And it's like, let's worry about China. Yeah. Why are you worried about fucking U.S. <laughs> land or offshore? Like we produce like the safest, most environmentally way possible. Let's focus on the fucking areas that are not. Dude, it's scary. If you look at it and I was talking to actually there was a Russian guy that I met maybe like a year or two ago and me and him were just talking and he was he's an oil and gas guy from Russia and he was telling me about he's like you know you have all these rules and regulations over here that's stopping you he's like we have nothing he's like yeah. we can produce a barrel of oil for a couple of dollars he's like you guys' minimum is like $40 like if you don't have $40 you don't break even he's like we just need a couple of dollars because yeah he's like it's and he's like call it what you want, but it's, you know, you pay off the right guy and you don't got to, you know, do this the right way or do that That's the right correct. way. He said, you can, you can find workarounds. Right. So I think when, you know, and I don't know much about the Saudis or the China and the only reason I know is because I had a, a conversation from an oil and gas operator in Russia and I heard it directly from him and he might've been, you know, kind of gassing me up a little bit too. kind of, you know, kind of pissed me off because I'm just like, man, I need $45 to make any money, man. Screw you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, so uh, it might've been that, but you kind of see it. And if anybody decides to, you know, the, the Russian, Saudis, you know, Chinese, if they decide to open the chokes on, on kind of their production, who knows what's going to happen. And another thing, man, I'm, 
I don't think anybody has any goddamn clue on where oil is going to go. And I love how people are like, you know, you know, some people are like, it's going to, you know, it's going to stabilize at 60. Some people are like, it's going to go back down to 40. Some people are like, it's going to go to $200. And I'm just like, you know what? Anybody who says that, I want to know who said in, you know, what was it? April, 2020, it's going to go to negative 37 in a day. I said, tell me who decided that. So, you know, I don't think people really have any, any clue or any idea really what's going to happen. And I think the best thing that we can do is just be ready at all times. I mean, honestly, I think right now, like us as a company, obviously oil prices are getting better and that helps, you know, revenues and everything like that. But we're still operating like it's $30 right now. We're not operating like, you know, I was talking to a few of the majors. Uh, we got some joint ventures with a few companies and dude, they're adding rigs They're They are running and gunning. And they're just like, as soon as we saw 55, we were like, activate the rigs, activate everything, go mm-hmm. drill, baby drill. And we're just like, well, dude, it's such a small margin of error. Like what if it drops down to 48 in a few weeks? And they're like, well, we're just kind of running with what we got right now. You know, we we don't think it's going to hit that. And if it does, then, you know, it'll we can maybe shut down one rig. And I said, well, how long is it going to take you to activate one rig and shut it down? It's not like, it's like, you know, these are the kind of guys that are, you know, turning cruise ships. They're not, you know, they're not speedboats. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think they can even account for it. And it just kind of blows my mind how some of these operators are just, I mean, they see a little bit of a little bit of cash flow and they just kind of they're I mean, all they see is like dollar signs in their eyes. It's it's nuts. Well, the interesting thing. So. I and you work you work on that on that drilling. side oh, yeah. of stuff. So you can. Yeah. yeah I don't no. know. Maybe you can talk about a little bit of maybe I, I'm just seeing this as an anomaly or are you seeing guys are like, no, uh, we're, we're drilling. So we're seeing. Uh, and again, my, you know, I'm on the oil field service side. Um, I'm, my career is directly tied to rig count because we provide drilling fluid. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's, we, we live and die by rig count. Uh, we're seeing a lot of PE and smaller companies add rigs. We're not seeing the majors add rigs. Uh, we're actually seeing the majors. PEs are adding rigs. Dude, yeah. A little bit of thought? PE and a little, and then just, uh, yeah. The privately backed companies. Dude, I thought those guys were, shop, I, I'm, 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 I was a big believer that, you know, PE is going to be done with the energy space and they're going to be gone because of its volatility. You're talking to the wrong guy. I mean, I'm just a dumb roughneck from Alberta, but you, you know, you look at guys like Josh Young and a few of those folks that are you're tied into the money side. And, and I mean, even Jake and Colin for that matter. I'm not, you know, again, I'm more of a, a drilling operations kind of guy with a little bit of understanding on, on what's going on. But yeah. So again, like rig count, um, you know, we're at like three, just under 400 uh, rigs in the U S we're producing 97, 9.7 million a day in the U S. So and demand's only going to go up. So it's going to be an interesting yeah. next six to eight months, how low production is going to be. But in order for us to keep up with production, we're going to have to add rigs. Like there's just yeah. no question. And do you want Saudi to and OPEC plus to fill the gap? Uh, I don't think so. So that's kind of where like, I mean, again, I'm not in the operator's shoes at all, mm-hmm. but just look from the outside in. I'm like, man, there's going to, you know, supply is going to be very interesting over the next six to eight months. And and I just hope that we find a way to produce it and make money uh, as U S operators versus, you know, maintaining production, but then the demand goes up and we're, we're happy with supplying, you know, maintaining supply. I mean, again, I, I don't know. I'm maybe getting a little bit out of my league, but it's just interesting to see where that's going to go. I, I think we, I think we are in for a, 
uh, fortuitous few, I, not few, I think six to eight months. I think you got that window, right? I think something's going to happen. I think there's a bubble happening right now. I think it's time, frankly, to take advantage of it at, you know, whatever, you know, however anybody can take advantage of it. I encourage it, but, you know, kind of switching gears a little bit from yeah, the, yeah. the U S to, to Canada. Right. So, you know, we operate in Canada, we don't operate oil and gas wells in Canada, but we have businesses in Canada and we, you know, we have, you know, obviously, you know, I, you know, I go to Canada back and forth. Yeah, yeah. I haven't in a minute, but you know, I, I see the, the stark contrast from, you know, oil and gas in Canada versus oil and gas in America mm. and, uh, or the lower 48, I should say. And it's so different. They make it Alberta, for instance, they make it so impossible to operate that it doesn't make any sense. And I remember we were looking at stuff in 2019, end of 2019. And I was in October, 2019, I was in uh, Calgary and I met with the Alberta commission and we were talking about buying this company's uh, assets. And, you know, they have, they have different variables than we do down here. And, you know, over there, it's, you know, you have to have, you know, LMRs and stuff like that. You have, you know, the assets have to be, uh, you know, equal or, you know, above your liabilities. And if it's not, then you're kind of at an issue with the LMR and a lot of companies aren't and a lot of companies are. So I think if you're above like a, a 1.0 ratio, then you're just at the cusp, but 2.0 is kind of where, where you really need to be. So we start talking to these guys and as we're discussing with them, they're just kind of putting us through the ringer. And I remember our bank kind of gave them the rundown on us and they're like, Hey, listen, these guys are, they're good for it. If they're coming here, to invest their money, then it's a good thing, right? We're not, you know, we're, we're excited about them to kind of put some money and, you know, start some operations up here. And the AER made it so difficult for us. And I remember I was just like, man, when I came back from Calgary and I came down here and I had a meeting with our board and I was like, I don't think this is what we want to do, man. This is not our cup of tea. This is, it's going to be tough to operate up there. Having said that, I think you can take some of these assets for nothing, mm. but at the end of the day, what is it worth, right? I think the liabilities are really going to add up. And I think versus, you know, if you look at the Railroad Commission down here in Texas or the OCC or the KCC in Oklahoma and Kansas, and then you look at it versus Alberta, Alberta's like, listen, you better have this money ready to go to plug these wells versus the Railroad Commission. Uh, it's like you have to plug, I think, 10% of your, your down wells or something like that. And there's always way they work with you, right? They're yeah. just like, they're, they are, you know, not as much as they were before, but they're operator friendly. Like they understand we're an oil and gas state and they're just like, well, you know, we want to work with you. They're not going to just go and cancel your, your P5 certificate and stuff like that. They're, they're going to work with you. But over there in Alberta, it's, it's, it seems like it's pretty black or white. It's wow. you you are, or you're not. And, you know, being a native Canadian as well, I'm kind of interested to kind of know, and you got family over there as, as well. Um, what are your thoughts on that? What, and I understand the stark differences maybe because it's the government and whatnot, but I mean, at that time, I remember when I went to Alberta, I've never seen people hate on trudeau as much as i mean people were like i'm it was nuts i yeah. was like they, if i i i could i could not imagine trudeau walking through the streets of calgary <laughs> i don't think it would end well for him right no it's uh it's sad to see it man because i mean canada has put themselves on the map you know to be i would say one of the oil and gas leaders in the world especially you know with the um you know, the oil sands, stuff like that. The sands are prolific. If they just let them, if they just let them produce, they're prolific. Yeah. It's so I wish I had more context to Canadian oil field. Um, I've got a, a good friend of mine works in, on the completion side at Chevron. Another buddy is a safety guy at Shell. And then I got a bunch of other buddies that work on the service side. And yeah, uh, it just, the cost of doing business up there continues to increase. 
political resistance makes it challenging. And quite frankly, I mean, it's just everyone that I know that's in Canadian oilfield has always been trying to get down to the U.S. And beyond that, like getting into the nuts and bolts and, and the sort of the meat as to, you know, what exactly is going on up there. I mean, I've been in the States since 2010. So, and, and, and I, other than I know that it's challenging and I don't know if it's going to come back anytime soon for Canada. I think it will. You think I, it will? I, I have faith. I actually think that something's going to happen over there where, you know, I think Canada doesn't realize that Canada is a oil and gas powerhouse. I don't think, I think Canada thinks that they are the, you know, they're the the little brother to uh, frankly, everybody. Yeah. Uh, and when it comes to oil and gas, but Canada is, I mean, your biggest natural resource is oil and gas. If you guys produce, yeah. if you guys let, if you're, if your government and if you guys produce, I think you could outproduce pretty much, or you could keep up with everybody. Yeah. And I just don't understand why Canadians are so, so against, you know, capitalism. I, I just, I, it, it kind of baffles me at times yeah. and regarding the oil and gas space, I'm sure there's other, you know, markets out there that I, I don't know on the Canadian side of stuff, but on the oil and gas space, I do know it. And I'm just, sometimes I'm really, I'm, I'm shocked, man, that like, they just don't want, they don't want, they don't want oil and gas. They just think that it's the, you know, they're the devil that uh, yeah. they're going to cut down trees and, you know, throw, you know, <laughs> oil into the the Pacific ocean. I don't know, man. I really yeah, don't know. And, and I know I would be curious to look, uh, I mean, it is my home country and, and oftentimes I kind of just lose sight of, of it and I don't really care to know much about it, but, uh, just looking at like their import export and, and where they get a lot of their, their oil and gas from, I mean, I know they sit on some serious reserves, but down here in the U S like you have places like, you know, Oklahoma, Texas, like places that can generate some pretty serious, power uh from wind and solar and then you get the northeast and you also got geothermal i mean we have an abundance of different you know ways to produce power yeah. uh and energy and and i don't know what the mix is like in canada i would suspect a lot of it's still coal um and and i know nuclear is also pretty big out in ontario i got a buddy who works at a nuclear plant but i guess the question for me for a lot of the people who are like anti oil and gas up there is like what's the alternative and does the alternative uh can it meet demand? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it can. I really don't think it can. Because if you look at where Canada is right now, and Canada has some very, very strong qualities. I mean, I I, I love kind of how they are, you know, the I, I like free healthcare. I think it's great because there's a lot of people who aren't in a position that can afford it. Uh, and you see it down here in, in, in the lower 48 that, you know, there's a lot of people who need healthcare and they can't get it. Yeah. Uh, having said that, I think the healthcare is abysmal up there. I don't think it's great at all. If you look at the the level of care that you get, I think it's, it, I think it's. Yeah. It's, and I can speak through personal experience. I mean, and again, I've just been extremely fortunate, you know, growing up, never had some, you know, issues other than just broken bones and just like, you know, typical kid stuff. Um, yeah, it, everybody gets it, but, but when everyone gets something for free, the quality is just not quite there unless yeah. you want to pay for it. Um, so private healthcare up there is significantly more than it is down here unless you're, you know, top of the top of income earners, it's going to be hard to get, you know, like privatized healthcare. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. Again, I left the States when I was 20, like four or left Canada when I was 24, uh, 23. And so, you know, growing up, I didn't have any issues. My parents didn't have any issues, but I know people who have parents who have issues and they end up spending money to come down. Like, 
okay, perfect example. Uh, one of my uncles had carpal tunnel, right? Like that, you know, when your wrist and you on a computer for too long, you yeah, get yeah, issues. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's a simple surgery apparently to get that shit fixed. He was a completions engineer uh, for okay, Husky. Okay, yeah. And uh, so anyway, it actually like, it got so bad to where it impacted his career and he ended up having to retire early. And the reason for that is because the Canadian government it was going to take like a year and a half or something. He was on a waiting list just to get a simple surgery for his wrist for carpal tunnel. Yeah. Like down here, you could like probably go and I was going to say the phone book, like go on Google and find a doctor who will give you carpal tunnel surgery and like spend a few grand or whatever. I don't know. And within two weeks, you're back at work. Like he literally had to quit his career because of carpal tunnel because the Canadian government couldn't get him fucking surgery. So it's like, yeah. like that shit. That's terrible. Yeah. Cool. It's free, but do you want to wait for seven or eight months? Probably not. And then, a uh, buddy of mine, Mike Tesseri, uh, he's Canadian. And uh, if anyone, you know, in Houston, you know, may or may not know who he is, but he's done very well. Uh, anyway, and he's from Calgary and his mom needed surgery. You know, it, was, it wasn't life threatening, but something that she really needed to address. And in Canada there, he, she was on some like crazy waiting list. Well, he, and, and, and to a point where if she would have waited that long, it really would have jeopardized her health. Well, wow. he flew her down here within a few weeks, got her fixed up and away you go. So it's like there's benefits to it, but yeah, it's all, it just depends course. on your situation, right? So yeah. it's, I don't know. It's everyone's like, oh, do you like free healthcare? And it's like, well, just like anything in life, it depends on who the person is. Yeah, of course. Of so, course. All right, man, I'm going to I'm gonna switch the, the topics a little bit. Yeah. Oil and gas, where do you think from the eyes of a guy that's in the field, a guy that's de- dealing with your, I mean, your well-being is based off of rig count and production and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. Do you think it's going anywhere? Do you think, uh, and then beyond that, what's your end goal? Like, is it as a guy who gets to see these companies and kind of like you mentioned the PE guys as well, are you like, you know, and I always ask this because, you know, everybody's, you know, nobody's ever doing this for the health. Everybody actually wants to make money out of this. Right. And whatever their end goal is, they want to make money. And I mean, you're an obvious example. You're going through getting higher education right now. You're getting your MBA, correct? Uh, it's a master's of science with a focus in business. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you're going to be the smartest guy in the room. Oh, take it easy. (laughs) (laughs) No, if I am, I'm definitely in the wrong room. And if that's the case, I'm probably with my five-year-old and a bunch of her friends. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. My, my one-year-old is, uh, kids pretty damn smart. Oh, kids are, there's, there's times I look at them and I'm just like, man, they're so, they they have no filter and they're so innocent like they'll tell you straight up like we ha- we have these biases and we have these filters and yeah. as you know like older people we tend to like stay between the lines but they just fucking tell it how it is that's they what i love right about kids it. dude kids they don't are, give a fuck kids are hilarious man kids are <laughs> yeah i mean kids are they're they're i'm telling you i think this my my son i'm uh, i'm excited to kind of see where he goes because i'm excited honestly what i'm excited about i want him to play football and I want him to play bass. I want him to go and do everything that, that I did or that I couldn't do. I want or at least to expose him to it. Right. Exactly. To see if he likes it. Oh, so my wife is totally against him playing football and I'm just like, he's going to go to the NFL. Yeah. I'm, I, he's going to the NFL and he's going to save the Houston Texans. <laughs> and, and, uh, he's, Hey, I'll, I'll buy his Jersey. I'll need to get an autograph <laughs> right now. Buy his rookie car. He's like, one. you need to like make an NF bro, make a NFT card of him. Right now, and then when he makes it to the NFL, that shit will be worth millions. Well, you know what? I think uh, let's let's get him talking first. <laughs> hey, you, talk you went that. down this path first, not me. Uh, I don't know, man. If he gets hit in the head as many times as as I did, uh, I mean, it's 
It, it takes a toll on you, man. Dude. Yeah. Well, All if he those. turns out half as successful as you, he'll be in good shape, man. So you got hit in the head quite a few times and you're still doing pretty darn good. That's, that's, I guess that's all that matters. Right? That's all that matters. You're, <laughs> you're flattering me, Justin. I, I, well, uh, I appreciate it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. But back to the question. Back to man. the question. Do um, I think oil and gas is going anywhere? Yeah. Uh, it, it's up to humans to decide whether we keep using it or not. If we keep using it, then someone's going to have to produce it. So, do I think humans are going to stop using it? No. So the demand's always going to be there. I mean, at least in the next, I mean, unless there's, unless you can create solar panel boats to ship stuff from overseas, unless you can create like drones, the size of airplanes that run on battery to fly people all over the world. Um, unless you can like somehow 3d print every hydrocarbon, organic material known to man which will still then probably require some form of hydrocarbon so yeah. i don't think it does and again i'm not smart enough to be able to like give a thesis as to why but the amount that we use is only going more and like as these countries develop like non-oecd countries are going to continue to find ways to like improve their well-being and yeah. you, the only way to be able to do that is to have reliable affordable energy which right now comes from fucking hydrocarbons. Yeah. So I just, I can't, I don't see. You don't see the future without it. No. And, and I think, and I, and I think a lot of people would agree with that. But I think the bigger like question is, is what is the truth with this fucking climate catastrophe and climate apocalyptic mindset? Justin, that's what's, that's what's hard for me to grasp. to it, man. I'm, I'm. And I'm not saying there's not. I'm just smart I was enough one to of those, know. I was one of those guys that was like, I don't know if I believe in climate change and this and that. But if you think about it, just historically Houston now, right? Yeah. We've had, and everybody can say we've, we've had hurricanes, we've had floods. Our hurricanes are getting stronger. Uh, this polar vortex. Dude, this is, this is not, in my opinion, this is not a coincidence. Like, all the stuff that's happening, like the blizzards are a lot worse. The summer, like I guarantee you, we're going to have a hot, hot summer here in Houston. Everything is just getting a little bit more intense, intense right? Yeah. So, I mean, the earthquakes are getting worse. The tsunamis are getting worse. There's got to be something that we're doing that's got to, and I don't, and like you said, I don't know enough it's about this. It's the farting cows, man. <laughs> the farting cow. What's the farting cows? <laughs> there's got to, okay. I got to hear the backstory <laughs> behind the farting cow. I've never heard of this. Well, there's, there's. Science suggests that the amount of methane <laughs> that gets produced from the cows farting actually is enough to impact the climate. So ch look are it you, up. Are you it's bullshitting a, me right now? No, it's a thing. That's why people go vegan because they don't because they don't want to eat the meat produced by the cows and the then the farting of the cows. So less farting or less. The only way to reduce the farts is to reduce the the animals. Science. Okay. <laughs> Man, I, if that's true, then no, I, I'm, I, I, I'm like being stupid about it. But the fact of the matter is, is like the methane produced from, from animals and particularly cows produces quite a bit of methane. So, but I don't know how to stop. I don't know if we, if we, I don't even want to say if we know how to stop it, this, this, uh, this dramatic climate change. I don't think, even if we knew, I don't think we would. I think that, uh, you know, humans for, we're faulted, right? We're, yeah. we are, we are, we're always going to, if we find a resource that we want, we're going to go take all of it. And I don't think we're, I don't think we're even capable of saving it. Like we're already thinking about, think about it. Our, our, where we are is that we're looking at how are we going to colonize Mars 
and outer space. We don't even, I mean, think we're not even talking about, all right, how are we going to save earth right now? We're talking about, all right, well, earth is kind of done. Save it. So, and like save it from what though? These dramatic climate change. Look at, I mean, and I don't want to say like the, the, the forest fires in California and whatnot, but Australia, you know, all this stuff that's happening, man, there's something. So there's, or is it, it, could it possibly be just history repeating itself naturally? Like, and that's, and, and I'm not saying it is not saying it not. So are you not, talking about like the, like there's a one big catastrophic event coming or are no, you talking no, no, about like, like, let's say like, you know, in, in like 10,000 years ago, did we not experience, like, aren't we just going through a natural cycle? And we're it, all going to be kind of. Well, so like there's more like, so I've seen as far back and I've scrounged the internet just to see, but there's data that suggests and somehow they've modeled it that like there's been more CO2 in the atmosphere than what's showing today. And like everything is cyclical. So like, are we going through just another natural cycle of like, whether it's uh like, um, uh, like an ice age or, you know what I mean? Like, cause our earth has gone through like significant, like hell there was dinosaurs here before humans. So like, are we just going, is this just like a natural slow shift in what's supposed to happen anyways? And maybe we're accelerating it. Maybe we're not, I don't know. Like that's the thing. It's just, there's so much conflicting research. I don't know if I'm, I I don't know if I'm going to buy the whole, there's an ice age coming, but I definitely think that there is going to be a, I think there is already dramatic change and maybe I agree with what you're saying. Maybe this is a slow burn. Maybe this is a, a the slow re- release pill that, you know, you kind of, it's going to take the next hundred years, but in the next hundred years, you know, things are going to completely change and stuff. Like, I mean, you see all these, why do all these movies do so well, right? Like these like end of the world apocalypse, you know, walking dead. Why do these do so well? Because it's kind of like, it's almost a reality that we don't want to think about, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, Hey, what would we do? How many times have you asked this question or been asked this question? What would you do in a zombie apocalypse? I've I've asked that Pretend question. Pretend like and, I'm a zombie. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> I don't have all the guns stupid. like everyone else does. You gotta get you gotta get I gotta get all the guns, right? I gotta get you're a from, safe. You're t- you're in Texas now. You gotta have an armory. My dad has literally a what? walk-in gun safe. So but so how could you use more than one gun at a time? Like I don't get it. Like if zombies are attacking your house, like you just go through one one gun to the next. Well, let's say, so let's say you have a semi-automatic weapon, right? And you're shooting it and you only have, what is it? 60 rounds in a clip and that's gone. in what is that? Maybe 10 seconds. So you go and grab the next gun or you reload, right? You you decide. So people are preparing for a zombie apocalypse. That's what's all the guns for. Or is it for like martial law? Whereas like the government's going to come and bomb your ass anyway. So you're like five machine guns probably won't do much in a fucking like army like they're tr- so you're, you're not a gun guy you don't like guns i think they're cool i just i i don't know how i could use more than one at a time at like either a gun range or if i go that's shooting fair that's i don't fair. know like, dude i grew up in canada like it's hard for me to yeah, understand no, that's fair that's and no there's fair. a novelty to it like you know i like shoes like i can't wear all my shoes at once so i yeah. guess i kind of think of it like people that's, like and that's, guns. I, I think that's I that's was, cool i have nothing every, against yeah guns. everybody kind of has their own thing about it but yeah. you know in my opinion i don't think anybody really has a use to have too many like I have like the AR-15. I think it's a great gun to go hunt hogs with, but is there any reason for me to have, you know, 30 of them? No, right. but maybe it's, like yeah, but maybe it's variety, right? Maybe like this gun does this, this gun does this. I have a lot of friends that are super into guns 
and I like guns, but I'm not like, you know, I don't collect them the way they do. Yeah. And, and some it's of fine them, if people do. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like some of them, like I was talking to my buddy about it and I'm just like, why do you need, I went to the gun shop with him and at first of all, I joked with him. I'm just like, I don't know if these guys are going to like, and I had a really big beard at that time too. I'm like, <laughs> I, don't know the, I don't know if these guys are going to be happy about me walking into their gun shop. But uh, I was like, <laughs> why are you buying all these guns? Right? Like that's an AR, that's a shotgun, but you already have like a hundred of these. Yeah. And then he's like, you why do you have so many cars? He's like, and I'm like, well, I, you know, every car does something different for me. One car is comfortable. One car is fast. One car is for the track. And then he's just like, well, my guns are the same thing. Exactly. And he's like, so I'm like, I, I get it. I, I get what they're, what they're trying to get at there. But I kind of, you know, I don't know for the zombie apocalypse. I don't know what I would do. I, I would, I, I've thought about it. And I, my thing is, is that I always think that I just try to get on a boat or I would, uh, I would try to get to the top of a building and just destroy the stairs. And oh, yeah, so nobody could kind of get up, but then I'm kind of stuck. So, <laughs> so I've really, I, I mean, I don't really have the answers. Try to get to a boat or try to, Try to run out to West Texas and uh, jump on one of your drilling rigs, Justin, and uh, yeah, and hide hide in there. Just hide in the hide in the derrick and just like hide. The, just go straight up in the uh, derrick, dude. You I know don't what? Know. That's I'm thinking about that. I don't. I feel like it wouldn't just hit though. Like all of a sudden, it wouldn't just be like boom, zombies just pop out of nowhere. Like I feel like there would be some sort of a transition period. Um, and then at that point, oh, so if you had the transition period, you'd be able to handle it. Is that what you're saying, Justin? If you got, so I'm just trying to go through like the, the iter like the, the iteration of all this happening. So like at first, like someone would report it, and then the army would probably do something. I'm more fucking worried about aliens than I'm goddamn zombies, bro. Dude, I think aliens are so much smarter than us. I I I guarantee you they're well, out there. Well, that's obvious. I think they're so much smarter than us that I'm just kind of like I think they see us as like you know how we see like an ant and it's just like. We're not going to like go out of our way unless you're sadistic. You're just like kill the ant. Like burn ant piles. Yeah. Stuff. But you're just going to be like, oh, it's there. You just walk right past it. Right. I think that's kind of how aliens kind of see us. I think they're yeah. out there. I think they intelligent life. A part of me thinks they built the pyramids. A part of me thinks that they didn't. I don't know. I kind of have fascinating I, I, stuff. I, I think that they're 100% real. And I don't think that they are as uh I don't think they're a violent race. If they were violent, they would have came and That's what I'm saying. took us out. If they were wanting to fuck us up, they would have already done it a long exactly. time ago. Exactly. I don't know. But isn't, so like I've heard there's quite a bit more sightings of UFOs. So I was listening to the episode of Joe Rogan with Bob Lazar where he was oh, kind of talking about trippy, it. Hey? Dude, I don't know if I believe that guy. I, I know like Joe Rogan. You have to be skeptical about everything. So I think right? that's the thing. I think if you want to believe it, I think what he says is great. Like how he was talking about like the ships and like how they don't like, they didn't make sense. Like, you know, from a physics standpoint and that kind of blows my mind. Right. Uh, but at the same time, Justin, I don't know if I believe it. I don't know if I believe it. You don't, you know, the aliens are what Bob Lazar, Bob Lazar is saying. I know the aliens are out there. I don't know if like these sightings or whatnot, like there's a few, like if you watch the videos of like these like fighter jets that are kind of like, they see like there was one that uh, a fighter jet saw. I forgot the video and it was like a aircraft and it literally went, it was at sea level. Oh yeah. And it went completely like, you know, in the sky and it, and it ascended at a speed that was like faster than anything. Like propulsion couldn't get you there. Mm. Like even like at the speed of sound, the propul like propulsion could not get you there. What? And I'm like, dude, I mean, obviously there's something there. And I think they're just, I personally think they're just kind of like, you know, Hey, what's up guys. I, I don't think they're going to be, uh, well, I hope I'm, I hope I'm right about this. I hope they don't come down and be like, all right, thanks. We're going to take earth from you, but who knows, man, who, who really knows? Is there any way to really know? No, 
There's and that's no why way. you just you can't overthink decisions. You just got to run with them because you'll never know what the alternative is. Well, which is totally random. And I, and I was gonna I was thinking about this as I was driving in. Totally flipping the script. And I don't know if we want to close on this, but so you know how like stock market very yeah. simple. You know you, you go on your E Trade or Scotch Trade and you 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 look at a company. Oh, they're performing well. I'll put however much money into it, and you know you make a return or you or you lose. Yeah. Do you think at some point, and I think it'd be cool if like there was a market like like a like a market like that for people, and by that I mean like every we're we're so connected to everything with our phones, right? And we're only getting more and more connected, whether that's bank accounts, whether that's where we drive, what we do, blah 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 blah. But do you think there'll ever be a point where like I'll go on this website and I'll be able to search people? Let's say I search up YouTube so Chaudry, and you're let's say you're trading at a hundred bucks a share and like everything's connected to where you have your own stock and I can invest in you. And if you perform well and you make a bunch of money and it's somehow like metrics are measured where like quarterly, monthly, daily, there's like reports, like KPIs on you and your life. Okay. Yeah. Like, like you could do that with like athletes. Like I'm going to like invest in LeBron James. And then all of a sudden you dump like say 20 grand in, he does well. He breaks records, triple doubles, wins the fucking NBA championship. And his stock goes from a hundred to 600. Like, okay. Is that like, could that be a thing for a second there? I was about to be like, Justin, you're talking about human trafficking, dude. (laughs) But now that you kind of clarified what you're talking about, I think that could be a thing, but I mean, (sighs) Like, How like, like right to- now, Jeff Bezos would be worth like at least 10 grand a share. Whereas like some random dude coming out of college may only, like he'd be like a penny stock. Yeah. And yeah. if you're like, like I'm going to bet on the jockey. I'm going to bet on this dude who's coming out or like even athletes, like your one-year-old, he's trading at a cent right now. You dump in five grand, he makes the NFL, he's worth 20 grand. Like, wouldn't that be sick? That would be sick. But then there'd be a lot of biases in there, you know. I'd obviously bet well, on my so own kids. Yeah. Well, that's true, right? There is a lot of biases in that. But then how do you, I mean, how do you quantify that? Like who who gets to decide what somebody's worth? Like if I decide what my worth well, what, is. How is someone, how is this someone decide what uh, Amazon stock worth? Revenues. Okay. Revenues. So shares. how much, like, I so, mean, and we all have a revenue. So, tied okay. To I our, mean, if you look at it, but what is our revenue tied to? Is it's, it's tied to, what is it? Like our like our assets, our, our liabilities, because that really kind of makes a difference because some people might say, dude, it could be speculation. It yeah, doesn't matter. I mean, that's there. Like if you ask me, if you ask like anybody around me, my cars are a liability. If you ask me, that's an asset, right? I mean, right. it's a depreciating asset. If you think about it, I, I just don't, I want to I mean, trade myself on the blockchain. You want to trade yourself on the life? <laughs> Justin, what do you think you're worth? I don't know, man. Come on. Give me a, give me a, give me a guesstimate. What do you think you're worth? Like you're talking about net worth or are you talking about like what I Not think? Not net worth. What would you- Like do? what my stock would be worth what right would you, yeah, Okay. If Jeff Bezos was worth, his stock was worth $1 billion. So you have a, a, an idea of what Jeff Bezos' stock is, right? So now you're, he, that's your standard of $1 billion. Where is Justin Gautier on there? I'd have to fucking calculate it, but I'm going to say at least 40 mil. Okay. I like that, man. I like that. That's yeah, I feel uh, like that. Like, I feel like that's my like life's worth. Like, like, like that's like the value of me right now is 40 million for sure. If not that's, 50. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> you know no what, dude, idea, I'm, man. Jesus Christ. I was going to say like, 
I was like, I don't know what my worth is, Justin. I think yours I'm, is I'm at still, least two hundred million. No, dude, my worth yeah. is closer to like ten dollars. Fuck that. You know Fuck what, dude? That. You've got me all hyped up now, Justin. That's now, what I'm saying. I'm gonna. I want to go outside and go make some money. I want to go outside and make some money. But Justin, man, uh, really appreciate you having you on, man. We actually talked about a lot of stuff. It's uh, we did. This I'm was ex- great, dude. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed <laughs> yeah. it, and it was it was nice to kind of uh, talk about oil and gas, politics, zombie apocalypse, yeah, all that kind of a little stuff. Bit of human trafficking, uh, human trafficking on the blockchain. I was, yeah, on the Not blockchain. Not like physical. I was about to be when you were describing it in the beginning. I'm going to be like Justin. Do we need to have a conversation? <laughs> I'm like, you doing all right, dude? And uh, um, but no, man, it's, it really has been a pleasure and I've enjoyed this and, uh, hopefully we get to do it again someday. Thank you, man. It's been an absolute pleasure to keep doing what you're doing. And uh, if you lose any listeners or subscribers, I apologize. I'll give you some of mine. Okay. All right. We'll have if you I, on for round two. Thanks, man. If I lose any listeners because of this, I didn't want them anyway. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks.